You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. If the God of the universe, who's perfect and knows all, is seeing more of my defeat than I am and yet wants to bring hope and restoration, then that means something. And so just knowing that that restart is there because I can trust who God is, is a really great place to start to breathe that new life into those defeated places. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing our series looking at a study through Romans called Unashamed. And I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by Communications Director Paulina De La Fuente. Paulina, thanks for being here. And we're joined by lead pastor Jose Avaroa. Good morning, Taylor. Good to be here. Good morning, Paulina. Great to have you both. Jose, we are continuing our series in Romans this week, looking at faith and yes. faithfulness. Love to hear the behind the scenes as you prepare for this, as we're just week three in this 12-week series. And we turn the page from sin to life, from death to life, from sin to righteousness. There it is. And Paul is making, I mean, the point of why Jesus came, what he did, and why it matters so much to us. So um, hard to only hit this in one way or in one message because it really is one of those passages that we will die understanding the depth of uh, what Paul is writing here about God and his righteousness and how it's given to us. So um, yeah, the, the way that I tackled it is I looked at our faith, and sometimes we just say that our faith is something that we believe, it's a statement. Um, But, you know, when Paul is writing about faith here, he's talking about a a way of life, um, something that dictates how we live. And that's, you know, more, that's what transforms us. And so these are four ways through these passages that teach us how to grow in our faithfulness. And uh, really we're looking at God's faithfulness to us. Yeah, we're going to jump into kind of four aspects of faith and how to grow in your faith. But first, just love to hear just off the top, you kind of answered a little bit just now, but but why why is faith so important? And I think a lot of the concepts we talk about, whether salvation or righteousness, things that we've talked here, uh, faith is something that's a, it's a process. It's, it's you're continually, as you said earlier, persevering in your faith. So so why, why do we need faith? Someone that's maybe listening just for the first time, uh, they hear this word, kind of yeah. a churchy word, but, but why is it so crucial for us to talk about on a Sunday? Right. Well, two things. One, faith is the basis of Christianity. So uh, it is based on faith. It is a big deal. Hebrews 11.1 says that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. So we can't see it, and yet we put our hope in it. And that's, you know, the way that we have a relationship with God is through faith. And really, we all have faith. So we have faith in different things. We have faith that our smartphones are gonna do what we want them to do. We have faith that our cars are gonna start up. We have faith that you know this world's gonna turn and a day will turn to night and night will turn to day. So, I mean, we don't know that those things, but we learn through experience to expect those things. And it's similar with God. The more we walk with God, 
the more our faith grows. Mm. I really, I liked how you said the difference in your life between when it was a faith statement versus a faith reality. That was something I was thinking about because we, I think, all have faith statements, even if they're not faith in God. You know, that can be a faith statement too, but making that faith reality, I just see that in my life, how that caused the instant shift to Hmm. actually living that out and making that faith that God that we have in God be an action instead of just a statement of belief or for me or for me, like a fear of God, like an unhealthy fear that he was, you know, not who he actually is. Yeah. That's really good. Another one is an identifier. So I I am a Christian um, because I was born to Christian parents or I am this because of my culture. Mm -hmm. And that's good that, that those things are passed down, Mm -hmm. but there's a moment where we now have to live that out. Mm-hmm. make that claim for ourselves and our lives. And again, yeah, just what you said, Paulina, that's the game changer. That's what changes everything. Yeah, Jose, you were talking about, you and I were talking about this earlier, but just the idea that everyone has faith in something, again, to both of y'all's points there, that we put faith in something. But uh, there really is a difference, as cliche as it sounds, to putting our faith in God who will never disappoint because I think the world constantly is, you know, looking at one uh, trend or one fad or one, one solution for for kind of the, the longing that they have. And yet, uh, it, it falls through every single yeah. time. And so I think that's just a big, important factor too. Uh, Jose, on Sunday, you mentioned four aspects of growing in your faithfulness. We'll look at each of these real quick. The first one is read about God's faithfulness. I love how you've tagged on some questions on each one here. You say, do I give the Bible time to speak to me daily? Uh, this is something we talk about a lot on the Conversations podcast, yeah, just spending time. Practical. Yes, well, and it's important. It's really important. Uh, but for someone, how, how are these two related as far as the time, just even in your own personal lives? How have y'all seen your time in the word, uh, just you know, reflect and influence your faithfulness. And I think another thing just to tag on would be uh, maybe where specifically in scripture do you go to or maybe how do you find where to go to in scripture Ooh, when you're question. feeling down or you're feeling uh, tested in your faith? How about I'll answer the first question, Paulina, you answer the second. <laughs> yeah, when I read scripture, it shows me God's personal like his personality, he's a personal God. He, he sees the person. It's not just about this one people group. He used the Israelites, he used the Jewish people to show us his personal nature and the lengths at which he's able to go to for um, you know a relationship with us. And so it does two things for me. One, it makes God really big. Mm. It's not about me. You know, this is outside of what happens in Texas in 2023. This has been true from the beginning of time with every, through every civilization, every people group. And then because it's so big, then it becomes, you know, personal in a big way where I'm like, wow, God, you, the creator, are, are, are seeing me. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw these people in the Bible and, mm-hmm. and you also see me. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is something beautiful that we read in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It reminds us it's not about us, mm-hmm. but God still sees us. Especially when you look at all of the Bible together. I think the yeah. first time that I read through the Bible, it was like, it's probably a bad analogy, but it's it was like the feeling of seeing your teacher in public. You know, you expect <laughs> to see your teacher in your classroom and then you see her in public and it's like a whole different understanding of who she is. That's and good. that's how I felt reading the Bible. That's a really good way, yeah, way to put it. I didn't know where that was going at first. I know. 
Um, but I, I really do. That's how it felt the first time reading it through is realizing that God was not one way in one part of the Bible and another way in another part, but we were just, he was revealing his plan in over time in different ways to specific people. Um, and now to us, we get the fruit of all of that. But for me, I think, There are passages, there are verses that I have memorized that are really specific. You know, like I, like in a certain struggle, I have verses memorized that still, that God really has written on my heart that help speak to me constantly in those areas. And then there are just, I think, seasonal ones too that Mm. I, luckily being in church and in community and community group helps kind of build our arsenal for where things are in the Bible because there's always the Googling, you know, like verses about blank. But I think when you're in community group and something pierces your heart, looking at that and pulling that out and putting it at the forefront um, just is the way that God uses his word to speak to us daily instead of just kind of leaving it in those gatherings. Yeah, I remember I went after, <clears throat> I was talking to somebody who was who was doing just that. This was a, a teacher and he, I mean, he knew God's word. And I, I asked him, how did you do that? Like, what did you do? And he smiled. He was older and he just said, I, I read it. And repetition, Mm -hmm. when you take it seriously, when you allow it to read you, when you allow it to live in you, Mm -hmm. it it will be stored in our hearts. There's multiple scriptures. Psalms 1 says that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I I do wonder though, Taylor, I'll... Yeah. No, I mean, the only thing I'll add is just uh, to y'all's point, I think just spending time in the Word. And that's to your point, this question, Jose, you said, do I give the Bible time to speak to me daily? I think for me... Uh, especially I think about college, for instance, this was really when it began to change. But instead of asking, how am I going to read the Bible or what am I going to read in the Bible? It's just, when am I going to read the Bible? And really setting aside time in the mornings for me was before I got caught up in my day and a bunch of the, the schedules and everything. But if I ha- setting aside that time, otherwise it's just really hard and, yeah. and it's not going to happen. So I think that that's really... Um, to me, the most important step, even beyond just like you said, Paulina, you could search on Google, hey, what verses speak about this or that kind of stuff. But again, it's it's really that that what is how does the Bible speak to it and just giving that time. So when you're thinking about a plan or where to start, what would you guys say? Yeah, I've done various different ones. So I've done either like plans through the Bible app because they have different reading plans. I like that. I've done that with friends before. So that's helpful because you get to see who did it, which day kind of helps you hold accountable. Uh, I've also just done more topical based on how I'm feeling and doing the approach of whether it's Googling and saying, okay, what does the Bible say about this? Or even the Bible app now has ways you can type in like, you know, different different ways you're feeling and it's going to pull up scripture that way. So that would be what I'd I'd say as far as a great starting point. Yeah, for sure. I would... I mean, it's a big starting point, but the chronological mm-hmm. reading through of the Bible has done so much yeah. in my life. Yeah. And the nice part about it is that for me, in between topical plans, like a short plan, it could be a six-day plan, and then I'm not back in another one for three weeks, you know, because it ends quick. And so for me, that like having had doing the chronological Bible and knowing what I'm reading every day, you know, and it doesn't stop for that whole year helps so much not lose track of days where I'm not getting in the Word. 
It's good. We're just getting started here. So the first one was read about God's faithfulness. The second is receive God's righteousness. The personal application question you had, Jose, was do I try to prove myself to God or yeah. others? Uh, this is a big one. This is a big one, an easy one to fall into. Kind of my question for y'all would be, how do you notice or sense that you're beginning to drift into trying to earn God's approval or the approval of others? Because it's, it's such ahead. a fine line, in my opinion, as far yeah. as it can, it can get... Can, can get gray or, or kind of... Yeah, th- this one, it was easy for me because it, it was a big one for me. I, I really couldn't do much without fear of man or concern for what other, others thought of me. And so, uh, thankfully, when I start slipping back in, I can recognize, hey, this is me trying to prove myself. I'm mm-hmm. trying to gain this person's approval or, or favor. And uh, it really happens as a result of me not spending time with Jesus, mm-hmm. not receiving that from him first. Um, and so looking at these verses, his righteousness is given through faith in Jesus. <laughs> so it's not there, there's no way to be approved outside of him in the way that we have been created to yearn for that, right? Mm. And so, yeah, that's that's how mm. it goes for me. I feel the internal wrestling in this one of like just trying to get there and stay there and not slip into those things that you're talking about. I really feel that present and it's hard even when we're talking about reading the word. That's why I like the wording of the question on the first point of do I give the Bible time to speak to me daily? There's something about that question being different than do I open the Bible every day, you know, or do I check off that box versus like, do I let the heart is, you know, do I let God's word speak to me? Do I let God affirm me? Do I receive from him instead of like, do I do this X, Y, and Z so that I can hopefully at some point feel affirmation from God, you know, that he is for me instead Mm -hmm. of knowing that that's true. So flipping it, I just, it's hard. I really, it's for me right now, it's like the, mental game of praying often and bringing it back over and over and hoping that God's going to, you know, break these things off as we continue to grow in Him. Jose, the key word I think you said earlier was just anxious as far as you were saying how in your personal story, and I think that's the big thing for me is as I stop and reflect, okay, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And yeah, if I'm if I'm feeling anxious, that's that's not of God as far as as far as right. trying to trying to please Him, trying to and so I think that's where or trying to please others, and so I think that's just a thing that's helpful for me too, an indicator um, that something's off mm-hmm. as far as not having that security and knowing who I am and and living yeah. for Him. Mm-hmm. The third one here is reflect on the price of God's redemption, and this is a big one too, just because. Uh, you know, understanding the gravity of the redemption. You said earlier, Jose, just how this is a perfect tie-in to last week over, you know, coming through the sin and the consequences of sin and now getting a chance to look at redemption. Why do you think it's so important for us to, to understand that in order to connect this to faith? Because I've heard, you know, and this could be a whole standalone series and a whole standalone message just on God's redemption. But but how does this tie into faith and how have you seen this build your own faith in your personal well, it, life? Well, it helps with the work works slash grace balance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, growing up for me, it was a lot of dues mm-hmm. in order to. And this is what flips that into a, because he has done, therefore <laughs> respond by the way that you live your life. And so I didn't do anything. I've been given righteousness. And now, um, yeah, my, my track record, you know, the 
the check that needs to be paid is pretty full and it's really expensive. Mm. And yet he is freely paid for it mm. through his son. Mm. And, and that's what makes it so amazing. I put reflect because it, it really is one that we just need to ponder and ponder and ponder. The more we recognize the gospel message, it's the, the more we recognize the power that it has to change not only our lives, but our families, our communities. I mean, this is world changing stuff. Yeah, I think what helps me connect this to faith is that it's, I love that it's direct. God is direct with us. So he's not like a permissive father that would just be like, okay, all that's forgiven, forget about it. Because I think if that was true, it could, God could decide to bring it back up later. You know, that would be my fear. If God's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it, then it's not paid for versus what yeah. you said of atonement is God's way to turn God's wrath into favor. There is a way, there was a need, you know? So I do have sin that I need to be forgiven of. And God has made it clear that he didn't withhold his son. He gave him so that I could be atoned for. So it's not like gray, it's really black and white. And I like that it's firm and direct like that because we can look at it and say, okay, yeah, I'm covered, you know, and it's not, I don't have to worry that God's going to remember my sins because he already made a way to pay for them. So it's done. And that, just that directness just builds my faith instead of kind of an emotional like, you know, oh, yeah, no problem. God doesn't. God yeah. had to make a way. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you recognize, again, the price, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and how how intense it is. Um there's so much in these verses. <laughs> this this could be a this is dissertation worthy. Um, but I love what the theologian John Stott said because earlier we looked at God is righteously righteousing unrighteous individuals, and so He says this is the righteous spaces in which the righteous God can righteous the unrighteous without compromising His righteousness. So the fact that He didn't change, mm -hmm. He never compromised who He is, mm -hmm. is is um, unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing mm -hmm. that He remained perfect and and yet made a way for us to be with him. Another, I didn't say this from the stage, but another way to put it is God is trying to rid the world of evil and he did so staying perfect and not getting rid of us. The root, you know, the, the, yeah. we're all evil. Yeah. He got rid of evil in his own terms mm -hmm. through his son, you know? Well, what, a, what a wonderful mm -hmm. father, creator we have. Mm -hmm. So again, you can spend a whole lifetime ruminating on these and allowing them to draw you closer to God. Well, and I think the biggest deal with that is not just that he did it once or did it when we had a really good day, but he continually gives us and offers that redemption for us despite our failures and despite uh, how we are. This, this last part here is restart and keep the faith. The personal question is, am I defeated in any part of my life? And I'd love to just kind of close by hearing, uh, just asking y'all if, if there's maybe an encouragement or kind of even just a first step for those who are maybe listening that they do feel defeated, maybe in one or maybe multiple areas of their life. And how, how would you encourage them to take the next step as far as what they do with that feeling of defeat? Yeah, defeat is part of our life uh, here on earth because there's all sorts of trials and there's circumstances that are difficult. And yet we have the example of Abraham that we talked about who continued to persevere, who, who did not give in. And his mistakes are 
for us to, to read about and to learn from, but more so we, we have this God who loves us so much and did all of these things for us so that we would not lose heart. I would say, um, yeah, just don't, don't continue to seek Jesus. Don't give up on Jesus. Continue to seek the person of Jesus. Do so with the community group, with a family member that has has been walking with them for a long time. Uh, ask them their story and allow that to inspire you to continue to follow after him. Yeah, I think what helps, what I like about this, about being defeated, feeling defeated in something is that God knows the depth of that defeat more than we even do when we're experiencing it, you know? And so because God knows us so deeply, we don't have to, if the God of the universe who's perfect and knows all is seeing more of my defeat than I am and yet wants to bring hope and restoration, then that means something more than the circumstances that I see and the way that I see my own defeat. And so just knowing that that restart is there because I can trust who God is, is a really great place to start, I think, to breathe that new life into those defeated places. Thanks for listening to The Conversations Podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.